speaking about on point, how about some scripture this morning? Yeah. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is always true, always on time. Father, thank you for these people that you have here appointed at this time. God, open their minds, their hearts to receive your grace, your love for them. Father, that they would be blessed going out as they were blessed coming in. Father, we thank you for, for always giving us life in your word as we see Jesus in every area of it. In his name we pray. Let the church say amen. amen. All right. Last week we talked about the burnt offering, right? We're going to go through the offerings in the order that God put them in. The burnt offering last week uh, you saw was, was testifying, was a, was, a, was, a, was a fragrant aroma to God. Uh, but the, the burnt offering represents the death of Jesus and how that pleased God. Not necessarily the sin part, but the fact that his son was the only one that could do it, and he did it perfectly. Amen? That's the burnt offering. Today, I'm going to show you the second one in Scripture, Leviticus chapter 2, which is the grain offering. Or uh, it could be called the meal offering. They, they mean the same, right? It's actually the, the original word for it is the gift offering uh, to God. And I'm going to show you, was Jesus a gift? Yes, he was. And we know that all these offerings, all five of them, are about Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean, it's so crazy to think that God knew back then <laughs> everything in Scripture is about Jesus. Do you remember when Jesus was walking on the road to Emmaus, right? He's talking to the two guys, and, or some say it was a guy and a, and a girl, but does, the point is Jesus was talking to him, and he was saying, he said this. And when they said, hey, man, where you been? Jesus said, what do you mean where I've been? I'm, right? He had their, mind, their eyes closed. But he, but he went back and he told them all the things in Scripture concerning himself from Moses to the prophets, meaning the whole Old Testament was about Jesus. Everything was about Jesus. How many guys, that's God's heart. Everything is about Jesus. Amen? And it's for us. Say it's for me. All right, so we're about to see what the grain offering means in terms of Jesus. It represents the life of Jesus. Where the first one represents the death of Jesus, this one, the grain offering is about the life of Jesus. Amen? All right, let me show you this in Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. You guys probably heard this before, but I want you to think about it. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life. Life to those who find them. To those who find them. Those, their life and health to all their flesh. Let me just tell you something. If you're sick, if you got some stuff going on, you're going to be healed during this service. You know why? Because we're going into the Word, and the Word brings life when you look for Jesus. Amen. Receive that, church. That's exactly what that's talking about. Now, either that's true or it's a lie. And I'm telling you right now, it's the truth. Receive that. Let me show you the first place in Scripture where we see the burnt offering mixed with the grain offering. Okay? It's found in Exodus 29. Now this is what you shall offer on the altar, two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. Say, continually. Yes, day by day, continually. One lamb you shall offer in the morning, and the other lamb you shall offer at twilight. Now according to Jewish calendar... The lamb that's offered in the morning is offered at 9 a.m. Jesus was put on the cross at 9 a.m. The last offering is at twilight, which is 6 p.m. Or 3 p.m. Sorry, 3 p.m. He hung on the cross for six hours. What happened at 3 p.m.? Christ said, it is finished. Amen? He was the true sacrificial lamb. The one that this one's talking about, the one that this one was, was working its way to, Christ was the final sacrificial lamb. Amen? 
And he did a perfect work. They don't do it anymore. One, the temple's destroyed. It's a sin if they don't sacrifice at the temple. The temple's not there anymore. Amen? All right. Um, with, the, with, with the one lamb shall be one-tenth of an ephah of flour mixed with one-fourth of a hint of pressed oil. That's the grain offering. So you got the, the, the burnt offering first, and then comes the grain offering. Mixed with one-fourth hint of pressed oil and one-fourth of hint of wine as a drink offering. Are you with me? You got the burnt offering. You got the grain offering. All right. And the other lamb you shall offer at twilight, and you shall offer it with a grain offering. So you offer the, 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 sac the death of Jesus with the life of Jesus. Okay, that's how you offer it. Do we do that today? Absolutely. Every day, day by day, continually, we should wake up and we should say, Thank you, Lord, that Christ died for me. And thank you, Lord, for his life that is, a, is a, an example of how my life should be today. Amen? Amen. Also, in the morning and at night, I believe that God wants you to know that you are qualified, you are forgiven all the time. You should remember that in the morning, and you should remember that when you go to bed at night. That that's who you are. And it's not because of you, because you're not perfect. It's because of the perfect one who took your place. Amen. Give glory to Jesus when you do that. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, drink offering. As in the morning, for a sweet aroma and offering made by fire to the Lord. To the Lord, right? This shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting before the Lord, where I will meet with you uh, to speak with you. Now we saw last week. That's the that's the um, that is the uh, that's the, where the angels are, the mercy seat, right? So you, the, the tabernacle of the door. Now God speaks to them from the mercy seat. You remember that? All right. So when you speak to God, when you speak to your Father. Know that you're speaking to him from the mercy seat where Jesus took your place. Amen? Amen. So check this out. Burnt offering before the grain offering. That's the, that's the order that God has it in. Man, the church sometimes today, likes to preach the sin offering and the trespass offering and bypass the burnt offering, bypass the grain offering. They go right into the sin offering. God's order is burnt offering, the death of Jesus, and then the life of Jesus, okay? So why does the burnt offering have to come before the grain offering? Well, look in Genesis. Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. That is the grain offering. Cain brought the grain offering first, right? Um, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Abel brought the burnt offering first. Right? So it's in, I think I wrote that down. Look at that. You must start at the cross to understand his life. You, you, how many of you guys know that Jesus' life doesn't save you? It's his death on the cross that saves you. And when you understand that, then you can understand his life. You can understand why he came. That's good stuff right there, church. Amen, Pastor Troy. Preach it. All right, let's go right there to Leviticus, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. We're getting ahead of ourselves. All right, uh, Leviticus chapter 2, grain offering. You with me? Everybody with me? All right, when anyone offers a grain offering to the Lord, his offering shall be a fine flour. Say fine flour. And he shall pour oil on it. Say oil. 
all right, and put frankincense on it. Say frankincense. So we got three things in this grain offering, and all three of them represent Jesus. Okay? Um, he shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priest, one of whom shall take from it his handful of fine flour and oil with all, all the frankincense. All the frankincense. And the priest shall burn it as a memorial, as a remor memorial on the altar, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. So what in the world is all that? How many of you guys know that every detail in the scripture is about Jesus? And if you've been coming to this church, you're like, yep. <laughs> Amen? And, it's, and we find life when we find Jesus in these scriptures. It's beautiful, right? I never would read Leviticus when I was growing up. I'm like, what the heck is all that? Right? But, man, when you see Jesus in there, you can't wait to go and see it. That's how powerful it is. Love it. All right, so fine flour, the first ingredient. We see fine flour. It actually means wheat flour. It's wheat flour. Now, check this out. Jesus said this about himself in John chapter 12. But Jesus answered them. See, Jesus said it. In case you thought I was lying. Jesus, but Jesus answered him saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Jesus said himself, I am the bread of life. Amen. So when you look at fine flour, I want you to think about Christ. The Bible says Christ is altogether lovely. All, everything he did was beautiful. Everything about his life was perfect. And when, and when, when he was angry, he wasn't overly angry. When he was compassionate, he was not a doormat. He was perfect. And no other man could be that. Paul was, even after he met Jesus on the road, right, he was, he was, a, he was all about the grace of God and everything. But sometimes Paul would go somewhere where the Lord didn't want him to go, and he wouldn't listen, right? John, the disciple of love, the disciple of love, leaning on the bosom of Jesus. He calls himself the disciple of love. He tried to call down fire and take out a whole city. Amen? So as humans, we are not perfect, but he's fine flour. How do you get fine flour? Sifted, sifted, sifted. It's fine wheat flour. That's Jesus. Amen? Woo, what about the oil? The oil is the Holy Spirit. Everything Jesus did, he was led by the Spirit from his birth to his baptism to when, even when he went out and, and, and was tempted by Satan. I love this verse, one of my favorite verses, Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus, the oil of, of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all, not just some. God, see, see, people try to say, Jesus only heals some, man, it's, it, if it's God's will. It is God's will. He says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospers. Whoo! Healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That's the oil, fine flour. Jesus is perfect. Oil, everything he did, he did under the Holy Spirit. Frankincense. You see, the frankincense is the part that the sweet aroma that goes up to God. That, this is actually, they're rocks. Have you ever seen frankincense? Not the oil. 
But when they're original, they're rocks, man. And when that stuff was burnt, it would go up as a, a sweet aroma to God. It was really an aroma to glorify God. You with me? Fine flower, Jesus. Oil, everything he did was about, was led by the Holy Spirit. The frankincense, everything he did was to give glory to his Father. Amen? Check this out. John 17, 1. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son also may glorify you. Everything Jesus did was to bring glory to his Father. Fine flour, oil, frankincense, they all represent Jesus. Whoo, is this stuff exciting? This stuff fires me up. I love it. Look at this. Uh, verse 2. Uh, he shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priest, one of whom shall take from it his handful of fine flour and oil with all the frankincense, and the priest shall burn it as a memorial on the altar, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering shall be Aaron and his sons. So the rest of it. How many of you guys know God is gracious? He took a tenth. Think about tithing. He took a tenth. The rest of it was for the priest, the high priest and his sons. Who's our high priest today, church? Jesus. And then we are his sons. Amen. We are God's sons. Everything that God did back then, he was doing for us today. So this, 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 this stuff that's left over, how many guys, there's more left over than what God took. That means there's abundance. It's for us. If only we would have eyes to see it. Listen, he's saying, Aaron and his sons, the high priest and his sons, you are sons and daughters of the most high God. Your father in heaven loves you. Your high priest is Jesus. God has given everything to Jesus. Everything to Jesus. And as Jesus is, so are we in this world, the Bible says. It is most holy of the offerings of the Lord. The grain offering is the most holy. Why? Why? Why is that one the most holy? Because it speaks about the person of Jesus. God loves what the work that Jesus did when he was on earth. He didn't, he didn't go around giving people diseases. You're going to need some leprosy to humble yourself. I'm, I'm just saying. Right? Some people think Jesus does that. Jesus gave my mom cancer to teach her a lesson. That's sick. We put people in jail for stuff like that. Why do we think our loving father is like that? He came healing all. Jesus, when he was on earth, man, it spoke to the life of who he was. If he saw somebody in need, he met that need. He went out of his way to meet that need. That's who he was. God, forgive us for painting. Thank you for forgiving us for painting a picture of an angry God. If you feel like you need to go to a church where they step on your toes, my heart breaks for you. Because you're, you're forgetting that God doesn't step on your toes anymore. He, he stepped on his son. So we wouldn't have to be stepped on. That was the whole point of the cross. When you go to church, you need to be lifted up. You need to be reminded of who you are, who he is. That's how you have life. You should walk out of here with more life than when you came in. Amen. Not condemned, not depressed, not full of guilt for not living up to God. Y'all going to have to start wearing like capes or something down here, man. I get going sometimes. I apologize. 
Bruce took a sip at the exact same time I did, so I wouldn't feel alone. Whew. All right, Leviticus. Is this blessing you guys, man? It's awesome when you can see Jesus, right? And if you bring as an offering a grain offering baked in the oven, say oven. It shall be of unleavened cakes of fine flour mixed with oil or unleavened wafers anointed with oil. But if your offering is a grain offering baked in a pan, say pan. The word pan there is actually skillet, an open pan. Oven, open pan, right? Um, It shall be a fine flour unleavened mixed with oil. You shall break it into pieces and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. We're going to come back to that. That's beautiful. If your offering is a grain offering baked in a covered pan, the word there in, in, in Hebrew is actually a frying pan. So it's half covered, half not, right? It's covered sometimes, it's not covered. Frying pan. Um, it shall be made of fine flour with oil. You shall bring the grain offering that is made of these things to the Lord. And when it is presented to the priest, he shall bring it to the altar. Then the priest shall take from the grain offering a memorial portion, uh, and burn it on the altar. It is an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. Colton, look up the word for uh, memorial for me, if you don't mind. All right, so, bake three ways. Bake three ways. Oven, frying pan, Skillet that it, uh, no yeah skillet and then third one is frying pan where it's half covered half not covered all right so check this out these speak to the to the testings the sufferings of Jesus all right I'm gonna show you the first one uh, found in two four we'll go back to it and if you bring an offering of grain uh, if you bring an offering of a grain offering baked in an oven it shall be unleavened cakes unleavened speaks of sinless okay leavened it's mentioned seven times in the Bible every time you see it it's about sin it's about evil. Unleavened is a picture of the sinless body of Jesus, the sinless person of Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, cakes there. Actually, if you look it up in the, in the Hebrew, it means pierced. That's where the matzah cracker comes from. It's burnt, and it's got holes in it. It's pierced. Okay? So if you look up that word cakes in, in the Hebrew, it literally means pierced. It's unbelievable how God is perfect. Right? So sinless, pierced. Fine flower. He was sinless. He was pierced. And he was altogether lovely. And he was mixed with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, or unleavened wafers anointed with oil. Again, that is the matzah uh, ball. Uh, matzah ball. <laughs> matzah cracker. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What is going on, Troy? All right. Matzah cracker. Now, th- now, this is awesome. This is awesome. Because when you think of oven, I want you to think about this. This speaks to the life of Jesus. The first 30 years of his life, he was hidden. That's what the oven represents. Okay? First 30 years of his life, he was hidden. Was he tested? Absolutely. Uh, There was no room for him at the end. When he was two years old, man, they tried to take out all the two-year-olds. Amen? He He was like that. They had to protect him early on. And don't you know that Christ grew up like a normal boy? He, he didn't have sin, but he went through the stuff we went through. Amen? And don't listen to people that say, man, when he was 14 years old, he healed a bird and let it go. That's a lie. If it's not in Scripture, don't believe that stuff. Don't go down that road. But I'm telling you, this speaks to the first 30 years of his life. He was in an oven. He was perfect. He was anointed with oil. How do I know this? Where does the anointing come into play here? 
This is Luke chapter 1. Watch this. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? She's like, I'm going to be pregnant? How? Would you not ask that question? The Holy Spirit. Oh, and the angel answered and said to her, the oil, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. So you got the oil mixed, mixed with him. That's the first 30 years of the life of his life, right? In an oven. He was hidden from the world. You with me? That's beautiful, man. Check this out. The second way is baked. But if you're offering, did you ever find out that way? What is it? So it's a remembrance offering. But if your offering is a grain offering baked in a pan, baked in a pan, a skillet, open, right? Uh, it shall be a fine flour, unleavened, mixed with oil. You should. Oh, let me just hit, hit verse five. So this speaks to the the. Look, Siri. You are not anointed. Apologize. This speaks to the three and a half years of his ministry on earth. He was open. He was out there from his baptism. He was opening out there. Everybody knew he was the Messiah. John himself, his cousin, said, here comes, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Not the church, the world. Amen? So John knew who he was. John grew up with him. But John, when he saw him in that moment, he did not see him as his cousin. He saw him as the Savior of the world. Came out. He was baptized. God said, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Everybody heard it. It was audible. That was his coming out party. And for three and a half years, was he persecuted? Was he pierced? Absolutely. Not just by, not just by the Pharisees and Sadducees, but by the disciples, by other people that would come up and say, man, what is up with this, right? Let me tell you something. That speaks, that right there speaks of Jesus' open ministry for three and a half years. Are you with me? Two ways it's baked so far. We see the first 30 years of his life, and we see three and a half years when he was pierced. This, this verse 6 goes with verse 5, that second way. You shall break it in pieces and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering, a gift offering. Every time. You know what the Gospels is? The gospel. You know what the Gospels is? Do you know what the Gospels are? The Gospels are Jesus' life broken down. And every time you look at it, if you want to see that, if you want to see verse 6, it's called the Gospels. Everywhere you go in the Gospels, you see Christ, an example of his life, loving on people, feeding people, healing people, forgiving people. That's who he was. Amen? So if you want to break down his life, how did Jesus treat people? How did Jesus treat people who were sinners? Well, I can tell you this. A woman who was caught in the act of adultery, she turned out pretty well. Will she condemn? The law condemns her. The Pharisees will condemn her. Today, churches will condemn them. Would you agree? Some churches would condemn people like that. You can't be a part of this church. You can't be on the worship team because you're living in sin. Raise your hand if you're not living in sin. Look, I understand the reason behind it. But don't condemn people for sin when you yourself have sin. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repent. And if you want to get somebody to stop sinning, start telling them how good God is and how bad they are. Stop telling them how bad they are. Tell them, man, God is good. You see a, a friend of yours smoking, walk up to him and say, hey, man, 
just want you to know you are a king and a priest. And they're like, yeah, yeah, speak truth into their lives. Don't go up and say, and condemn them like Satan would. Don't do his job. Don't go up there and say, how can you call yourself a Christian? Go up and say, hey, man, God is good. He loves you. He's got a beautiful plan for you. I can't wait to see you on stage one day changing lives for the glory of God. The goodness of God. Amen. All right, man. All that's found in the gospel. You want to break them down? Break it down. Oh, y'all remember MC Hammer? Bob, did you have that? Did you? You did? <laughs> verse 7 alright the third way baked three ways right if your offering is a grain offering baked in a covered pan the word there is actually frying pan alright it shall be made of fine flour with oil okay from the garden to the cross is what this is about the third way Jesus suffered in the garden he looked in that cup you remember that looked in that cup say Say, if it's your will, if it's your word, take this cup from me. And God could have. God could have taken that cup, started all over. But you know what? Thank God Jesus said, not, your, not my will, but your will be done. He got up and he went willingly to the cross. Willingly to the cross for us. He didn't have to do that. And the Bible says that he cried so loud. He cried so loud that people heard it. He, he wept loudly. He, he wept tears of blood. That's how stressed he was. Doctors will tell you today, if, you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if your eyes will bleed, if you're stressed to that point, your capillaries will burst. So Jesus was stressed so much in that garden, knowing what would happen to him. The worst death ever recorded in history for you and me. And, and, and he did that in the garden, and, and, but he was half hidden and half open about it by his stripes we are healed he was put on a whipping post out in the open for everybody to see everybody saw him suffer everybody saw there, there were, the, the Bible says he was in a praetorium with a 5,000 soldiers in there a band of soldiers somewhere around 5,000 soldiers put a, a crown of thorns on his head put a purple robe around him were beating him with their staff. And everywhere you see blood. Some people think that Jesus just died on the cross. That, 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 that That's when he paid for our sin. But every ounce of his blood that was shed was redeeming us from something. Amen. And the first place you see blood on him is when he's in the garden praying. And tears come down. He's redeeming us at that point. From what? Sin? Not sin. From the curse that was given in the garden. You know what the Bible says in the garden? He, God told Adam and Eve, by the sweat of your brow, you shall earn your keep. You know what Jesus did in the next garden? By the blood drop from his brow, he's redeeming us from the curse of the law. Meaning that now God, God is our provider. Before, Adam had to work for everything. Back in the Old Testament, everything had to, everybody had to work for everything. But man, God is our provider. Doesn't mean we shouldn't work. It means God will put you where he wants you to be, and he'll provide for you always. Amen. 
that's some good stuff right there. And then, and then so he, he goes in there, and he's, and, he's, and he's bleeding because they put that crown on him, and they're hitting him with it. How many of you guys know that, that, that we have some stinking thinking thoughts? That we're always condemning ourselves sometimes. We're always feeling guilt and shame in our head because we know who we are. We know what we've done. Where at that moment, Christ, he was naked, the Bible says, in front of everybody. You think that's shameful? Would you like to be naked in front of 5,000 people? Don't answer that. But I'm going to tell you, that's shame. And the, and, the, and the nakedness in the Bible is always a picture of shame. Adam saw that he was naked and he condemned himself. Well, Jesus was naked. In front of everybody, he was redeeming you by that blood from stinking thinking. Meaning, stop thinking that you're, you're condemned because of what you've done. I'm taking care of that. So there he was redeeming us from the curse of stinking thinking, man. We are to think holy thoughts. What's a holy thought? A holy thought is, there's therefore now no condemnation for me. Because I'm in Christ Jesus. There's no guilt for me. There's no shame for me. Because he took it for me. Put it where it goes. Stop trying to take it back. Amen? Live your life. And then finally, of course, he went to the cross. Well, he went to the whipping post. You, we, we know what that is. We talk about that all the time here, right? He took away. He took our, he, he himself gave us healing because he was taken with every strike, with every stroke on his back. One was for cancer. One was for diabetes. One was for seizures. Every time it struck, he was redeeming us from that stuff. And then finally, when he's on the cross, when he's on the cross, let me talk about the first three hours, he was out in the open on the cross at 9 o'clock. He was put on the cross. Right when those, five, those first sacrifices were being offered. He's on the cross. He's hanging there for three hours. And he's, and he's up there taking heat from everybody down there. People are loving on him down there. Some John and his mom. And, and, but, but he's taking heat from most shade. They're throwing everything at him. If you are the son of God, right? Come down from that cross. Come down from that cross, right? Making fun of him and all that stuff. He's hanging up there for three hours. Out in the open. Remember the frying pan? He's out in the open. And man, at 12 o'clock, three hours later, what happened? The Bible says it got so dark. He was covered. It was so bad. The Bible says in Hebrew or in, in, uh, in Isaiah 52, you couldn't even tell he was a person by looking at him. I mean, he's up there. He's been beaten, ripped apart. The Bible says his bones were exposed. They looked up at him. He's hanging on. It was so bad that God didn't want people to see his son like that. So he made it dark. Nobody could see him. And for three hours, he hung up there like that. Three hours, he hung up there in the dark. Hung up there like that. And during that three hours, the wrath of God fell upon him. God turned his back. That was the only time in history that somebody was rejected by hell, rejected by earth, and rejected by heaven. And for three hours, he took the full wrath of God, enough to free us up today. And he was covered in darkness. So when you look at Leviticus chapter 2, when you see that grain offering, it speaks to the life of Jesus from his birth 
all the way up until his death. And so when we offer a grain offering today, church, this is how we do it. We live, live your life to the glory of Jesus who gave his life for you. That's how we offer a grain offering. We remember the burnt offering, and then we remember the grain offering, his life. So when you feel sick, you think about this. He went about healing all who were sick, pressed by the devil. Sickness is not for me. That's how you glorify his life, because that's what his life saved. When you feel condemned, you remember that Jesus told that woman, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. How do you stop sinning? The church has it backwards sometimes, right? You got to stop sinning so that you won't be condemned. Well, Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. He gave her the gift of righteousness first, which gave her the power to go out and sin no more. Amen? I sounded like I was 12 years old right there. Look, the, the Lord is renewing my youth as I speak. you guys could just like listen to this honestly you could listen to this stuff man eat it up eat it up it's our benefit to be able to feed on christ every single day man go ahead look in the old testament every time you look in the old testament ask yourself man where is jesus God, show me jesus here and he will how many of you guys knew about the grain offering in that much detail that it was completely about the life of jesus and now you have life you're like whoa man somebody needs to hear this that's the gospel. That's the power of the gospel to go out and change. You can't do that if you're condemned. You can't do that if you feel guilt and shame. Do you know that the, there, there was an opportunity, if I had to listen to man, that I would not be preaching today? You know why? Because the world has disqualified me because I'm divorced. They say I'm not useful. You can't be used by God. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The fact that I went through that. One of the worst things I've ever went through in my life. I would not wish it on anybody. But the fact that I can do that, you know what God did? Just to show everybody? He's like, I'm going to make you a marriage counselor. I'm like, me? He's like, yeah, you. How else can people get through something if nobody has gone through it? You know what I mean? Don't disqualify yourself. God has not disqualified you. It doesn't matter what you've done. I, I was a drug addict. Man, I was hooked on something. It took me eight years to get through college. Not college, Santa Fe. A two-year college. And my teachers disqualified me when I was younger. They just, they just, they just assumed that I, I, I needed to be put in that ESE class because I was a slow learner. They had no idea what I was going through at home. They had no idea that sometimes I'd get off the bus and I'd see all my furniture out in the parking lot because we were being evicted. They had no idea. They had no idea my mom had cancer and I was struggling with that. I was angry. No idea. Do you know what they did? They labeled me. And you know what I did? I accepted that label. And I became what they told me I was. And it wasn't until about 30 years after that when I met this little blonde chick. This is before Taylor. <laughs> There's another blonde chick. No, I'm just I met Kelly. The first thing she said was, hey, I said, hey, hey, what are you doing Friday night? And she said, well, before we can talk about Friday night, you need to come to church with me Sunday. And I was like, I can't. I, you don't understand my story. <laughs> I don't like God anymore, man. My mom's dead. 
I grew up in the church. But he allowed my mom to die of cancer. I was angry, boy. I didn't appreciate that at all. My mom was a good woman in my head. Amen. But then the Lord just slowly opened my eyes, man. He used so many people. My first teacher at the Sunday school I went to was a guy named Brian Omer. That brother and me had nothing in common. He was old. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I thought. It was a singles class. There was like six people in it. And if it wasn't for Kelly, I wouldn't have dated any of them. Three of them were dudes, so that's a good thing. But, <laughs> but just slowly, God used Brother Eddie, my, my pastor, to slowly tell me. And you guys know, man, like, like we, Kelly and I, when we were getting married, we didn't think, we, we thought we'd have to go to the courthouse, man. And Brother Eddie came up to me and he, he said, how come you haven't asked me to marry you? I'm like, Brother Eddie, I've been divorced. He's like, so? And I started weeping <laughs> because someone was accepting me with my faults. I just couldn't believe it. And that's how I started to grow in that process. And it was, and it was a process. It took me a long time to forgive myself. But before I could forgive myself, I had to understand that there was no condemnation for me. None. And so I'm here to tell you, I don't know what your past is. I don't, it doesn't even matter what your past is. You have got to know that you are, quali- you are as qualified as you will ever be. And that you are, your qualification is the same as my qualification. Because I have sin, you have sin. Sin is sin to God. Don't put it in misdemeanor and felony type categories. Sin is sin. I haven't murdered anybody. Yeah, but you told a little white lie. Sin is sin to God. And man, when you realize that, that you're a sinner and you need a savior, and that what that savior did for you completely covers you, stop looking at your past, start looking at your future, because your future is bright in Christ. He says, listen, he says, I'll never remember, never remember your transgressions because of what Christ did. And so I'm telling you today, church, Stand with me right now. Just stand with me right now. And as we start to pray, Pastor Duane to come down and bless you on your way out. But let me tell you this. I want to give you a chance. If everybody would just bow their head right now. Everybody just bow your head. This isn't, this isn't a moment where we're going to talk about, you know, how to get saved. It, listen, we'll, we'll talk about that. I'll pray about that. But I want you to just, everybody bow your head, no eyes open. And I want you to raise your hand if you have some kind of guilt, if you have some kind of shame going on in your body right now, some kind of, some kind of regret that you have going on, some kind of, uh, you, you've been focusing on the wrong thing for a long time. Just, just raise your hand. Nobody's looking, just raise your hand. Let me just tell you this, man. There is no condemnation for you. There's no guilt for you. There's no shame for you. You know why? It's all about the grain offering. We got to bring that grain offering to God every single day and remind ourselves that there's no condemnation for us. That you are completely free. Christ paid for that. Stop trying to hold on to it. Let it go in the name of Jesus. Just let it go. You are free. You are not bound by guilt. You're not bound by shame. Your purpose is huge in this world. People need to know what you went through. People need to know that, that you've been down, that you, that, you, that you cast yourself out, that you disqualified yourself. But you've got to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God does not condemn you. He put it on Jesus. Stop trying to take it away from him. Stop trying to play tug of war with it. Let it go. Let it go and be blessed. Amen? If you don't know who Jesus is, 
All you got to do is simply repeat after me. And, and, and let's all repeat after so nobody feels on. Just everybody repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me in spite of me. I confess Jesus with my mouth. And I believe that he's alive today. And that he's for me. And it's never against me. If you prayed that prayer, you were saved right where you are, church. You're saved right where you are. There's no class you can take. Those are the only words. It doesn't even say, hey, you need to, you need to confess your sin. It says, confess Jesus. Amen. If you did that, you're saved. Be secure in that. Walk in that. Don't let religion jack that up and steal that from you. Amen? Amen. If you have a prayer request outside of this, see me afterwards. See Pastor Duane. If, uh, if you want to join our church, this is who we are. This is what we believe. We will all, we'll ne- we, hey, we ain't going back. I'm not going back. Amen? Amen? This is who we are. We've seen the light. We've tasted and seen. If you want to be a part of that, all we ask that you do is fill out a little sheet down here so we have a record of it. And the way we always end our service is Pastor Dwayne comes up and he just blesses you on your way out. Amen? Amen. God is good. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we bless your name, God, and we thank you for your word today. Thank you for reminding us of who you are and whose we, and whose we are. Father, we thank you for always going before us and making our path straight. Thank you, Father, for blessing us with your word today. Thank you for giving us ears to hear and hearts to receive your word, your truth. Thank you, Father, for the grace, the abundance of grace, God, that you bestowed upon us, that you've poured out. In our lives, thank you for your mercy, your tender mercies that are new every single morning for us. Father, there's a song that says your grace is enough. And it surely is. It truly is, God. And we just thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, that your word didn't fall on deaf ears, God. But our ears were open to what your spirit wants to speak to us today. And as we leave this place, Father, we leave equipped. We leave strengthened. We leave edified. We leave encouraged. We thank you, Father, for going before us. We thank you, Lord, for every divine appointment that you give us, Lord, to share this good news, to share this word, to remind someone else, to encourage someone else, to give someone else hope. We thank you, Lord, that in you we are righteous. We thank you, Lord, that you are such a good father that you would not withhold any good thing from us. For you gave us Jesus. So what more could we ask for? We just thank you, Lord. We just speak blessing now. I speak blessing over every person, every man, woman, child represented in this place, every household, God. Thank you, Father, for the blessing of the Lord. For your word says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. So, Father, we leave this place in peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It guards our hearts and guards our minds. As we go into this next week, we thank you for your favor. Thank you for allowing us to be your sons and your daughters. Thank you for giving us a power and authority to speak life and to declare things and to change the atmosphere. We bless you and we thank you and we go in the confidence of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And it's in his name we pray. Let the church say amen. 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 We are dismissed.